Hey everyone, and welcome to 121 in Flux. I am Peter, that is Connor, and we talk about movies on this show. And in this episode, we are going to be looking at Lost River, which is a film from 2014 that was actually written and directed by Ryan Gosling. Uh, he's not in the movie, though, although it does sport kind of a, an impressive, eclectic cast, which does, yeah. I'd, I'd forgotten some of the names that were in this, because I, I, I wanted to watch this, I'd remembered, you know, wanting to, to see it, but... I'd forgotten outside of uh, Ian de Kistaker, uh, Fitz from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I'd forgotten the rest of the cast. So when it started, and it was like Christina Hendricks, Saoirse Ronan, Matt yeah. Smith, you know Ben it, Mendelsohn, it, Eva it, Mendes. It, 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 it's funny because when you, you, you suggested this film, you know, it was your turn to pick the movie, you picked this one. And I, I was like, okay, sure, I'm not familiar with it, but, you know, whatever. And then it started, and it got to Matt Smith, and I was like, Hang on, I know what this movie is. This had a different title at one point before it came out. Did it? It did. Uh, it was called How to Catch a Monster. And I know that because I remember all the promotional material leading up to it when when Masters was cast because it was while he was in Doctor Who, and hmm. uh, you know he shaved his head. And I remember that distinctly. And I was like, oh, I'll, I'll have to check this film out. And obviously, by the time it came out and it had a different name, it uh, it slipped off my radar. I never knew it had another name. Uh, it was always Lost River to me. But uh, that this is this is what it's actually. I'd, I'd wanted to see it anyway because the trailer looked interesting. I remember the trailer coming out for it. It looked visually interesting, and it was actually uh, after Twin Peaks: The Return last year. Um, uh, Johnny Jules, if I remember the name right, and the Chromatics did some music for this, and they did music for Twin Peaks. And it was when I was listening to some Twin Peaks stuff, I was recommended some music from this, and I quite liked it. And I went, "Oh yeah, that movie!" And now the music's yeah. quite good. I should go back it and watch have a, this. It has a pre- pretty damn good score. So, so that's why that's why that's why it was picked. It was just on the to watch list, and we're going to talk about. We'll start spoiler free as we always do. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers somewhere in the middle. But here we go. So, what is Lost River? Lost River is a fictional town. Uh, it's kind of uh, a shithole where you know a lot of the houses have been abandoned. There's only a few people left. Um, of course, the river itself uh, is kind of they flooded a couple of towns when they they they, they pulled down a dam. To, to create a reservoir um so you get this really odd imagery of like light posts sticking out of water um it's very surreal yeah uh so that you get that imagery um but you've got this this these main characters you've got katrina hendrix plays billy uh this you know middle-aged woman she's got a, a older son it never actually specifies what his age is um i think he's meant to be like 19 or something like that it's hard yeah, to tell he's, he's she's clearly somewhat responsible enough just through context mm. but he can't be that old yeah yeah um and that's uh fits from shield who plays him and then you have Sasha ronnie who's like the the girl about the same age as him who lives next door so sort of down the road it's like there's one house left with people on it <laughs> it's the one yeah. on the street so that's the one she's in uh and then matt smith plays the villain uh who sort of presides over this sort of ghost town who is a bit of a crazy man more of that later and then there's also a banker character played by Men Mendelssohn, who, because uh, there's kind of like two pl- ongoing plots in the movie. There's Christina Hendricks' plot, where she's the, the struggling mother who can't pay her bills, and she's sort of looking to do this new line of work that's recommended to her by this banker, played by Ben Mendelssohn. But it has these nefarious overtones. What is it? Uh, what is she going to be subjecting herself to for, for a paycheck? And then you've got uh, Bones, which is, is uh, uh, you know Ian's character. He... 
also wants to sort things out. He's trying to fix his car so he can leave, and he is trying to make some money by going around all the derelict houses in the larger area and basically looking for uh, copper pipes that he can sell off because the copper's quite good. Um, and that's something that Billy, Matt Smith's character, uh, has has a bit of a problem with. He 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 sees that as his domain. He's even built a chariot on the back of his car, like a, it's basically just like a, a crappy old, uh, you know, comfy chair that he's just taped on top of the. Up the top of the car is it's almost Mister Bean actually in a bizarre way, uh, but you know he's he's got his helper dude uh, face who drives him around. Uh, he's henchman essentially, but it's kind of this thing where so many people have left. He, he's just this weird like villain who is allowed to run wild because there's no one there to stop him, and yeah. it means that he's dangerous to the few people who are left. And that's the that's kind of the premise of the movie. Um, before we get into spoilers, there's also, there's also Bones has a little brother. They've got, they've got like a, a younger, you know, like three four year old kid there as well, um, just to sort of make matters a bit more uh, complex. But that is the that is the premise of the film. Um, so I'll ask the question that I always do. Connor, did you enjoy Lost River? Not as much as I wanted to. I feel and like it's a bit it's a bit overstuffed. That's an interesting answer. Because so uh, you know. I like a lot of what it's doing, but I just it didn't quite click for me. Yeah, I'm actually kind of a similar boat. I liked it quite a bit, um, but it's never as great as I feel like it could be. Is maybe yeah, how I'd phrase it more it's, so. It's it's doing a lot of the right things. I think I feel like the the two plots kind of hurts it a little because it doesn't it doesn't necessarily come together in a real satisfying way for me. No, and I, I think it suffers because one plot I think is much more interesting and beautiful than the other plot. Uh, I, I think Bones and and uh, Rat, who's Sasha Ronan's character, she's called Rat because she has a pet rat. Clearly not her given name, but that's what she goes by. Uh, the rat's called Nick. The rat's called Nick, that's right. Uh, their their story, I mean, it's more of a Bones story where, where she comes into it a little bit down the line, but yeah. uh, I think his stuff is a lot more interesting if only because the visuals of him going around the derelict buildings, him running away at various points from, from Billy. That stuff is all really visually interesting. And he it tends is. to get the more the sweeter moments with Rat, where they have touching little moments, and that gives us where the really nice music comes in, it does all these things. And he's just, it's, it's a little bit more interesting. Whereas I think Christina Hendricks' uh, Billy character, she... I mean, it's not necessarily bad in and of itself. It's just it it feels more typical that she's being exploited because she's well, down her luck. This is the thing. As in, if if you take you know the, the the bones plot out, and this is just you know Billy and, and Dave that stuff. Yeah, I like all of that stuff. It just I don't. It doesn't seem to come together with the other half. And you know, it is I like it, but not as much as I like the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah, there's very little things I can actually point to and say I don't like that. I, I like just yeah. about everything that's happening. Uh, it just doesn't come together as a whole. Uh, it's very pretty. Music's very good, as I said. Um, obviously, with this very interesting cast, um, fits with uh, an American accent was a it's little weird. bit, a bit yeah. too. And it's funny because Matt Smith's English, Saoirse Ronan's Irish, and they're I, I don't even blink an eye with them. Like they're doing American accents, and I'm like, that's yeah. fine. But for some reason, Fitz doing an American accent was like, oh, this is weird. What's going on? It was weird, yeah. Um, the first time you hear him speak, he's because he's, he's playing with his little brother and he's muffling his voice with a pillow. And I thought he was just using his accent. I thought, oh, this is, oh, this is funny. Does Hendrix get a Scottish accent in this? And it was just because it was muffled with a pillow. And I don't know if it's necessarily that he was doing a bad accent. It's just that when you're muffling your voice with a pillow, 
you yeah, either yeah. don't really hear the accent, so you just hear what you think you're hearing, or you just can't put I, on an accent in that context. I, I don't know. I, I, I do think his accent's not as strong as you know the, the others, because you know you, you mentioned Matt Smith and Saoirse Ronan, yeah. you don't even think about it. That said, uh, what's in, what I think works for the movie though is he doesn't actually speak that much. He doesn't. Yeah. There's a lot, lot, lot of silence. There's a lot of looks. There's a lot of that stuff. Do you know what I think that the big takeaway from me for this movie is mm-hmm. Gosling. He he learned a lot from Refn, didn't he? He did. Oh yeah. The neon the music is very Refn. It's it's not Just, as good as Refn, but it's definitely. It's not. But you you can tell he worked with Refn on those couple of movies. And he was like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a lot of parallels here to something like Detroit, and you know, I, I think that's something. It's not actually set in Detroit, but it's kind of like a similar kind of site, a similar vision to yeah. Detroit. Um, and I, I think the movie ultimately is about what happens to the people who are left behind. Um, yeah. There's a there's a great conversation at one point in the movie. Uh, there's a, there's like like a cab driver who who takes Billy to her, her new job, and it's always him that's taking her there. And they they, they kind of get chatting about just kind of like you know he's an he's an immigrant and he came here and he used to talk about how people you know oh you're going to America like oh you, you know your money will basically be lying on the floor you'll have a swimming pool you have a big fancy house with two cars and you'll you'll have all this success you know uh, you know in the land of the free blah blah blah. blah. Uh, but he says, "Oh, but when I got here, it's like you know, there's there's people dreaming of getting a better life everywhere. Like it's just not mm. like, and I, I think for me, I was I was kind of thinking of Billy and Bones as almost seeking asylum within their own country. Like yeah. they've been left behind because you know, and even even the idea that, that this thing that happened to this town, this 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 reservoir, was an intentional man-made thing. It was something they did to." Oh, this will make life better. You'll have this happy new town that'll, that'll thrive because of this new reservoir, and now and we see it present day, and it's you know it's just derelict. It's definitely not thriving. No, uh, it is the opposite of thriving. Yeah. Uh, and of course, uh, you know, Billy's trying to like keep her house from being demolished. She's trying to make sure she, she can make those payments because she's three months behind in the mortgage. It's a whole thing. Um, and everyone keeps saying to her, "Why do you even want to stay?" Because we start the movie with like a neighbor, like one of the last neighbors is leaving, and he's talking to uh, to Bones. He's like, "Get out while you can! Like, just leave! Like, there's nothing yeah. here for you anymore." Um, and he kind of seems to want to leave because he's trying to like you know fix up his car to leave. But what's keeping him around? Why can't he just leave? Um, mm-hmm. And it's this idea that it's still their home and. I think it's definitely dealing with okay. This this is the people that the system have left behind, you know, and and the, and the cause for a like a better world or yeah. you know, when I say better, I don't mean a better world. And usually when you say better world, you're thinking of oh, that's cure famine and let's make sure world uh, peace and all world that. peace. Yeah, we're not talking about that. This is people who said oh, we'll make the world better because we'll make it more commercially viable. But doing that has left these people in the rut and yeah. left them without anything. So. Um, I think that's what the movie's really getting at. But it does a lot of this without really speaking a lot about it too much. It just kind of is. This is the after effects. We don't, we don't really see much of the cause. Uh, there's, there's a little bit here or there, and we'll talk about the demon. There's not an actual demon. That's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's a metaphor. But we'll talk about the demon uh, and the spoilers. Um, but yeah. and I, I, think it, I, think, I think it got better as it went along as well. I think it, like, if I think of the last like 20, 30 minutes... Yeah, I think that's yeah, maybe yeah, where it's its strongest, um, and where I feel like it was coming together the most it had done. Um, but I'd be really curious to see Gosling do more stuff, like you know, more directing. I feel like you know, as a as a first effort, this is not too shabby. It's not. It's not. I I, I thoroughly still enjoyed watching it, and it's the kind of flood film that I really like. Like as much yeah. as I'm saying, it doesn't quite click together too much, like as much as it should. 
like it's exactly the sort of flawed little film where I'm like, no, I'm really into this because I appreciate what he's trying to do. I like a lot of the effect that he's creating. Yeah. Because I think even when it's not completely clicking together, it's always oozing the style and the tone. Style and tone, yeah, consistent throughout. And if it's doing that and I like that tone, I'm probably still into it even when it's not quite nailing everything it's trying to do. Yeah, as I say, it's 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 just a little frustrating because like I say I still like it, but I wanted to love it. I was ready to love it, you know, with what it was, with what it was presenting me, and it just, just, it just didn't get there. Yeah, it was funny because I was thinking, oh, okay, you got this cast, and oh, oh that's just Gosling because he's, he's, he's got cred, he's got connections, he's Gosling. Even you know, at this point, yeah. he's he's a superstar. But that's the thing, like a lot of the cast aren't people who were like necessarily known yet, or they weren't that big. Like, it's not like being Fitz on Shield is like a superstar. <laughs> like, yeah, like... you you pretty much had Hendrix and Matt Smith because he was in Doctor Who at this point. Honestly, I think the biggest star is Eva Mendes. Yeah, maybe. In terms of Hollywood, you know? In terms of Hollywood. Hendrix was maybe a, a bit of a hotter ticket at the time because of Mad Men. But, yeah. Um, you know, I, I think Matt Smith's kind of a weird example because often, especially coming off of a British TV show, I feel like he's not exactly got like this pull in Hollywood. With, this was with, more... with most British TV shows, I'd agree. But that his his Doctor Who was where it, it broke into America. All right, okay. Like, it, that, it was... It was his first season that yeah. broke into America and, and, and it of, took it by storm. And of course, he uh, is playing the least Doctor Who like character uh, there is. He is, yes. Uh, as you do. There's some creepy visuals as well. Um, yeah. There's uh, some facial mutilation at one point on one character that is. Uh, it's pretty great. It's is, is, is great in how just simply grim it is. And it's yeah. very simple. Oh, I really uh, like that scene. But yeah, so that's, that, that, I mean, that is, that is the, the film without spoilers. Um, and. Yeah, so I guess we'll give the spoiler warning and we'll we'll dive in and we'll talk. So yeah, so Billy, and you know, if you're having trouble with me saying Billy and Billy back to back, um, I did two in the movie because for a good portion of the film, I thought they were both called Billy. It wasn't until quite late on where I finally heard like them pronounce it as Billy properly. And I was like, oh, it's Billy and Billy. I was confused because I, I thought the mother character and the villain both had the same name. And I thought maybe there was a dramatic point to that. You know, there was making a point yeah. that they had the same name, but they weren't. Um, arguably, maybe they're still making a, a name. They're, they're so similar. Maybe that's still kind of a point. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't really see it in the character, though. Yeah. I feel more like probably should have chosen different names, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I, maybe it's meant to represent that they both are kind of holding bones down in a, in, in a way. Like, she's holding them to the town, whereas, and he's holding them down, you know, as an antagonist. Maybe I feel like the the problem is bullies. It works because it's it's descriptive, right? Yes. It's the same with you know, rat. You know, it's it's just you know really simple and to the point with why they're called that. Whereas Billy could have probably been called something else. Yeah, she she could have been called Ethan. Yeah. So, but hey, uh, so so Billy likes to cut things off with scissors, and we we hear about this. And then he's so upset with Face for letting Bones go after Bones tries to steal back his copper uh, that he he cuts off his lips. And we just see it from like behind the guy's head, but you know what he's doing because you've heard that he does this. And it's, it's, it's actually really uncomfortable and grim in that moment, but when you see Face walking about later with no lips, it is like... It's horrible. It's horrifying. It's actually yeah. disgusting. <laughs> it's just it like, is. Jesus Christ, he's been mutilated. Uh, and of course he also cuts the head off of a rat. The pet rat. Of Nick, obviously, yes, because he's playing all nice, like he, like he, like he's got a crush on on Rat, and she's kind of 
playing along because she knows that he's out to get Bones. So she, so she's kind of making sure that he can't see Bones. She's distracting him. She's agreed to like to get a ride home from him, and he asked to pet a rat at, just at, at her front door. And then he just pulls out, and it, obviously there's a lot of like sexual metaphors here, where she's like, "Oh, am I, am I the first person to touch your rat? Just me. I'm the first one." You know, it's, it's very, it's, you're almost hitting you over the head with the, the analogy. And then he just pulls out his scissors and starts to, you know, and it doesn't just, it's not a neat cut. It's not that the scissors are strong enough to just cut through the head in one go. He's just, no. he's sort of chopping at it a little bit. You know, uh, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch in yeah. in the best possible way. Yeah, and but it has heart. Like I've never been. So, and it's funny that as soon as she pulled the rat out, I got concerned for the rat. I don't think I've ever been this concerned for a rat in my life. Not counting Splinter from Turtles, <laughs> for obvious reasons. <laughs> what What about the rat from Legends of Tomorrow? I forgot he existed by the time he came back for that episode, though. Yeah, but you got sad over him. But I didn't fear for him, though. Beforehand, yeah, you, you I wasn't worried about him. That's, that's fair, but they still made you sad for a rat, which is it made something. me sad for a rat, but that it, it, it made me fear for the rat's life beforehand, though. Oh, okay, that's fair. Um, and obviously, I'm always worried about Splinter, Splinter, Splinter being kidnapped by Shredder's, like you know, a soul destroying thing for a young, yeah. a young child. Uh, but yeah, so so he he is he is proper villainous, and and I think what gets me is it's it's a little bit of ref and it's a little bit of Terence Malick, and and then it just kind of like has the setting and it's kind of slow paced, although not slow that you feel feel it slow. Like I, I, this is a brisk ninety minutes to me. Like I feel like yeah. it went right in. No, I I agree. It's it's not a long movie at all, and I feel like that that helps because it just it keeps moving. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So so Bones is still in his copper. We get our first first introduction to Billy is him like just he's got like a a megaphone and he's just like riding around on his chariot in the car just shouting that this is his copper his land and if he catches Bones he's going to you know you know kill him or whatever yeah. uh, and uh, he he spends time at the zoo and uh, obviously after this we just kind of see him in bits and pieces as he as he's coming after Bones um, and and stalking him and whatnot. Um, but that's pretty much it. Because after this, you know, bo- it's all about bones and rats' relationship. But they, they have a bit of a connection. They're kind of enjoying watching stuff together. And she sort of brings up some of the thematic ideas where she's like, because he says, "Oh, I found the, uh, the, the this 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 underwater town today." Because like, he, he finds because the first time you see him and you see the light posts sticking out of the mm. out of the water, it's like, oh, that's weird. And he mentions it. He's like, "Oh, it's yeah, it's the reservoir." And she's like, "Oh, like you know." My, my grandma's got an old like film about it and it's like this old film reel and it's it's basically this film that was shown to the town that lived down there to convince them that this yeah. was a good idea L- little propaganda piece yeah and it's like oh hey but you you'll be happy because home is what family what's what makes family right you know family makes the home and you you'll be fine and this will be great this will be great for everyone it will prosper and she also like sets up this idea that so so the idea that again this was like big business corporate that that did this to them for a start yeah. but then on top of that like she's the one who gives up this idea oh when this happened uh there's a demon down there and there's a yeah, curse they, in the they, town they, and, they put a spell to, to make sure no one will be happy yeah and until the demon's taken care of um like yeah no, no one can be happy and that's a big thematic point because after the, the, the horrible incident with the rat uh, and everything else like Bones is like I'm you know he's like look after my little brother because because they have this romantic night out of course before before Billy does his thing with the rat they have this romantic night out where we first hear the main theme which is the, which is the music I'd heard before which right. I really liked uh, it's really really good stuff but uh, and they have this great this great 
montage almost of them just like dancing around like in the derelict like main city hub of, of you know where this is and, you know, it's later on, like, after everyone's upset, that he's like, I'm going to go take care of the demon. And he, he's like, screw this. And he goes to the underwater, you know, town. And he, he's diving down. He doesn't even get any breathing gear. He's just, like, diving down and see what he can do. just go down and see how long he can last down there. Yeah. And he finds, like, a dinosaur. Not a real dinosaur, but, like, a, like from a zoo or a museum. It was, like, a, a big like model a, a dinosaur. Model, yeah. Yeah. And he cuts off the dinosaur's head. And so we get this imagery where... He comes out because he's finally got his car fixed at this point in the film. He's finally fixed it because he gives his mum a, a ride to to her work, and he's very concerned about all that. We'll talk about that side when we get to her stuff. Yeah. But he uh, he comes back out of the water and his car's just burning, and because there was a vision earlier on, like there was this weird, like almost abstract, like foreshadowing of like something burning, mm-hmm. and it was. I mean, it was actually more so the uh, rat's house because yeah. face sets it alight with her grand still inside it. And Rat gets out, but we have this great, these great images of the house burning. In fact, it burns to the end of the film because we actually go to the credits at the end with the house still burning. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful ending. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, a, there's a lot of beautiful shots in this. One of my favourites is after uh, Rat takes the ride from from uh, Billy yeah. uh, and Bones is left on his own at the store. He starts running like after them and he's just running down this highway that's empty. And it's all the streetlights on either side, but he's, just, he's perfectly in the centre just running. And the yeah. camera's just falling them behind. It's just, it's just this beautiful, almost surreal shot of this highway empty. It is, yeah. You can't say, if you've got any complaints about this movie, you can't say that it's not gorgeous because it is consistently just great to look at. Yeah, I, I think for me, like because it captures the feeling that the characters are in, it captures this feeling of despair that they're in yeah. and this, this life they're, they're leading. It's so uh, melancholy, yeah. is the word I'd use. And because because it because it it, it it conveys that so well, it, it really strikes the feeling in, in the viewer. I think I can forgive it for a lot of anything that it doesn't quite get to anything for oh. it doesn't quite succeed in. Um, it, it makes it always at least enjoyable. Yeah. Uh, so he actually, you know, Billy's coming at him with the car. He's trying to run Bones over at this point, and Bones pulls out the dinosaur head, holds it above his head, and the symbolism again is very on the nose here. But it's like it's like Billy is the demon. And he uses the dinosaur head to kill the demon. He he throws it at the windshield, and it makes you know him like swerve off and hit something, and he comes flying out the the window himself. Um, you know, and that's him defeated, <laughs> right? He's actually he's slain the beast. He's slain the demon. Yeah, and it was you know the, the idea that it had to be something from the old town. Yeah, yeah. It's all very symbolic. It's all kind of like I think this is a movie you you can't necessarily watch. Going like I want a gritty, realistic movie. It's all very symbolic and kind of almost uh, it's, it's almost. It's almost a fantasy movie. Yeah, almost. Yeah, it's 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 like a, a fairy tale almost. Yeah, but it's my kind of fairy tale. I, this is the kind of like melancholic sort of dreamlike state that I like. Yeah, in the movie. I, I mean the original dark fairy tales, not the mm. the Disney version. Well, I don't mean that. I just mean like the the set and everything else. Like fairy tales. Like I still, even if it's dark, I still think of. Yeah, fair enough. You know, like old timey stories and, and, and yeah, princesses sure. and whatnot. Even if, even if it is dark as shit. Yeah. Um, whereas this is more of a, a an urban like modern setting, uh, using yes. uh, you know the constructs of modern society to tell its story, as yes, opposed so, to what should we call it an an, an urban fairy tale. Uh, yeah, yeah, you go with that, and. So yeah, he comes back and you know he doesn't know about the house burning. He comes back and he's like, "What are you okay?" And he's like, "His little brother's okay." And he's like hugging them and stuff. And of course, this is when you know the mum Billy uh, Billy comes back as well. 
uh, and she sees this, and that's when they finally leave. We, we, leave, we find the film with them going with the, the, the cab driver who's been around. Because there's one shot of him in the middle of the film where he seems to help families out, because we see him with like, this uh, couple and their kids, and they're, they're yeah. very, they look very thankful, and they're shaking his hand, and it's like he's helping them go somewhere. And not just as a cab driver, <laughs> it feels like it's more than that. It does feel like more than that. And, uh, you know, you have to assume you're part of this, you know, his story about you know, being an immigrant and, and looking for something better. He ended up just helping others get to the better. Yeah, it's almost like he... It's, it's, it's not quite like, um, you know, like sneaking people out of the country. It's not, it's not actually illegal, but he's kind of doing that just in a domestic sense where he's, he's, he seems to be helping people move to better places. And at the end of does, the film, yeah. like every, all of our surviving characters, uh, Billy, Bones, Rat, and the little brother, they're all in the cab with him. And... You know, it's it's like they're finally going off to a better life. You know, and it's kind of like this double-edged feeling of, on the one hand, it's like okay, they finally overcome this because part of what I was reading into the film over the course of it was that Billy also kind of represents Bones unwilling, like that. That's like his almost um, like personal demon because he he keeps saying that he's going to leave, but he keeps not leaving, and that's the obstacle that he needs to overcome because he keeps not committing to it. Um, and you know, but at the same time, there's a reason why they want to stay because it is still their home. There's still there's still positive reasons to stay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I saw that the ending is kind of this double edged thing of like it's happy that they're finally getting out and they're finally leaving this behind, but it was like it was forced. It, you know. Yeah, they they didn't make the choice, which I yeah. think is the key thing with you know going back to the the, the reservoir town, the original yeah. you know, towns that were flooded. Yeah, you you could argue they were forced because they were you know persuaded, but they they ultimately it was a choice still, right? They chose to leave. Yeah, I mean not individually, but presumably there was votes, or the the government, yeah, yeah, local government as, decided as a, as a town, as a society, they left they, willingly. They, whereas here it's like no, 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 you're you're just burnt out of your home. Like you've got to just go. Yeah, you've got, you've got nothing left. And there might even be something symbolic there with that. That town was. Uh, you know, forced out with water. This was forced out with fire. There's something, uh, some dichotomy there. You can maybe, maybe look into. And then obviously Billy's story, because obviously when she goes to the uh, the banker to start, Dave, and he's basically he's very kind of unsympathetic. He's like, oh yeah, I've been here a, a thousand towns like this where everything's going to shit. You can't pay your mortgage, and he says you're very attractive. You could make money, and obviously it it sounds like prostitution, right? It does sound like that. At it first. does, yeah. It sounds very on the nose prostitution, but it's a little bit weird on that because she she goes to the, the the club, and it's more like like a like well, there's two elements to it. There's the the, the the front stuff where it's like a a weird variety act where the different like girls who go up is they're not necessarily strippers. Like some of them might be, it's, but it's more burlesque. Yeah, because Eva Mendes character, her thing is that she like gets killed on stage. She doesn't really die, obviously, it's all fake, but she screams and she's stabbed and it's like this brutal murder and later yeah. on, like Billy's act is that she cuts off her own face. But it's all like sexy. Yeah, it's weird. And like, it's, like I say, it, it's kind of like burlesque, but with a twist. But Dave's kind of this leech because he admits that he, when he goes to these towns, he kind of sets these up because it's it's like, oh, they can all use this. And he basically makes money off whoever's left in these towns. He's such a... Mendelssohn plays slimy so well. Oh, he, he does, he does. And throughout the film, he clearly, you know, wants, uh, you know, Billy. He, he wants to have yeah. sex with her at the village. I don't know if he wants any more than that necessarily, but he just wants that. And, you know, he gives her the right home at one point. And it's kind of implied, because Bones, you know, there's a couple of lines where he implies that, um, oh, who's who's Dave? Like, you know, who's this guy? As, as if, you know, she's, she's had, like, other, you know, maybe been kind of 
not loose with men, but she's had like maybe some bad boyfriends in the past. Like she's had made some bad choices when it comes to men, yeah. and he he's concerned about it. And there's that great shot where uh, Dave like drops her off home, and like Bones is just like out there, like looking through the window. Um, guess this is dave yeah and it's this great thing where you don't necessarily like see him as this like asshole who's like you know overstepping his bounds it feels like genuine concern like this this is based on the past it's not just yeah you know, like, but, I, but the way she reacts when he first says it you know it's it's very early on in the movie it's like who's yeah. dave? she's like it's just it's just the guy from the bank she's very defensive immediately like yeah. he he does get a bit overprotective yeah, I mean, we don't know the situation like with the little brother, but the little brother is much, much younger than him. So yes, I don't know if that means that you know there was someone who like abandoned her relatively recently. Yeah, maybe. Um, quite possibly. Yeah, I, th- I think it's maybe a, a bit of both, where he is maybe a bit overprotective and you know almost mm-hmm. jealous. Um, but in this case, he's kind of right to be, because. Yeah, we, we, we kind of see how slimy Dave is pretty quickly. Oh yeah, so he's he's definitely uh, not to be trusted. And so it's 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 you're kind of on his you're you're on you know, you know Bones' side pretty quickly. Yeah, and obviously he you know, Dave represents like he again he's this corporate asshole kind of taking advantage the, of his left. Temptation, it's like, and and the it's the offer out. It's like here we'll help you. Because well, yeah, even at the start of the film, like she had another banker who got fired, and he talked her into a loan. And she didn't understand what the loan was, and she and she just oh he talked me into it, but she didn't understand it. Again, it was someone taking advantage, and it's you know it's happening again. And I guess that's kind of the positive light to her story is that this time she eventually doesn't let it happen. She eventually says no, you're not taking advantage because we get introduced to this thing underneath the main club called the shells, where the the ladies will go into this almost like body cast like kind of like plastic yeah. case that locks, and. It's kind of like sort of that thick, clear plastic, so you can kind of see the person in there, but not necessarily the defined features. Mm. And the idea is that someone can pay to come in here while you're in this little, this case. They basically just do whatever they want outside the case. So it could be to yell at you, it could be to masturbate, it could be to anything. And eventually, she's hesitant to do it, but it's going to make a lot more money more quickly. Yeah. So she ultimately like gets down and down enough to agree. Um, and she goes inside the shell, and it's actually Dave who comes in. He's the one who's paid to come in and, and do it. And you don't know what he's going to do, and he just starts dancing. And it's very demeaning. It's very like, you know, I've got you where I want you. I can do anything yeah. I want. And he starts making sexual gestures up at the thing. And he has his own control. Because he, he runs this place. He pulls out a little remote. It's this little control to open the shell. And he keeps opening it, and she keeps quickly shutting it again with her button inside. And it's just this back and forth. And again, it's her being trapped, literally in this case, and forced into this thing, um, is this this, you know, this corrupt boss who's trying to take advantage of her? The entire thing's been about taking advantage of her. And there's a neat, neat touch because when uh, when Bones dropped her off, he like she left her purse, and maybe he almost intentionally wanted to see what this place was. And he brings it in, and he sees Dave, and he goes down, and he sees the shells, uh, kind of. He doesn't really get an understanding of what they are, but he, he it's, ta- it's hard to tell at a glance, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but he talks to Cat, which is Eva Mendez's uh, character. He's like, oh, she left her purse outside, and she's like, oh, I'll, I'll make sure she gets it. And there's a great thing when she, when, when Bill, Billy comes out of the, the shell, she sees her purse like on the the window where Cat left it, and she knows that oh, my son must have brought that in here. He must have seen some of what I'm doing in here. She's a bit uh, ashamed. A bit ashamed, but of course she's also been attacked. She's she's assen- she's been sexually assaulted, uh, yeah. uh, or at least cornered for for that to happen in the scene. 
and she we knew she had a knife and she stabs him in the ear because he's, he's half deaf he, he says that a lot in the film where you can only hear a little bit out of one ear and she mm-hmm. stabs him in that ear and makes a run for it and that's when she comes back to the the uh the, the burning house at the end and that's pretty satisfying leave. that stabbing that stabbing is pretty he, he's such a sleazeball throughout the entire film it's very satisfying um and yeah, and it's you know, and ultimately the film is both both like uh, both of them both 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 of our main characters standing up to the, their adversaries. You know, in one case it's it's it's, it's, it's Billy with the the cop or the car who actually violently tries to kill people, uh, and then you know someone trying to exploit uh, moment, uh, psychological psychological sexual exploitation, and it's these people being preyed upon. And them finally standing up, and even though they don't really want to leave, they finally get a chance to leave. And it's like, okay, maybe we should, because even because again, going back to the whole, they're they're made immigrants in their own country. Yeah, idea. It's, it's kind of the 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 American dream almost. Is oh, there's there's somewhere you know you can do better, right? Yeah, you, there's it, always you can always go up. Yeah, and I think you know it's like. Yeah, I mean, them moving somewhere else in the country could lead to them having a much happier life. There's always the, the, the prospect right, of that. Right, yeah. but that, that's it's at, at the end. It's no, no. You're free to go up and and you know find something better. Uh, that, that's kind of very American to, to kind of which again a lot of the, the consumerism and you know, the the. Yeah, but again, people, the, the, the entire scary. the entire film is kind of pointing out how much bullshit that dream actually is. It is. And yeah. How, how and it's like yeah, you can make something, but. It's, it's it's not easy. It's not it's not something you can just arrive and do. Which is you know again yeah. what the cab driver was constantly talking about. Is, oh, that's what everyone was saying to me before I came here. And it's not like that at all. It's actually really hard. And yeah, um, you, you see, you, you come here, and the first thing you notice was that those other people who look like how he felt back where he came from, back where he was from. And yeah, it's just it's this idea of uh, yeah. And I think ultimately it's a, it's a criticism of not taking care of people. You, you could argue that this sort of dips into. Um, just government actually looking after its population and yes. you know s- simple yeah. things like you know not letting the housing crisis go nuts you know actually having healthcare things like that and, and so yeah, on. yeah basically being being a touch socialist essentially yeah um, and the people that this leaves behind and that's what it is and it's you know it's, I think it's it's great that it's set in a fictional city it gives it this again this ethereal quality yeah. um, uh, the idea is a parable more than it is here's an actual great it, it, it never feels real at any point. Yeah. Well, no, it does, but and like everything it's doing no. is real, but it feels like it's not right, our what world. I mean is, is all the all the messaging's real, but the when you're watching it, I don't feel like I'm watching this take place. It doesn't feel like this really happened. You know, like like, like that. It, it feels like no, this is. It all feels like a story, to to highlight the messaging. And that's, uh, that's not sure. a critique. That comes back to me feeling like uh, you know, it's a fairy tale. It doesn't feel real. It feels like a. It feels like a tale. I guess I just fundamentally don't get that line of thinking, just because I could say that about any story I've ever. Well, no, you know, no. Watched or read. You, I mean, you could, but what I mean is, you know, a lot of them, that, you know, stories will feel grounded in a real world, whereas this, it 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 doesn't. It feels like it's intentionally. Oh sure, but what I'm saying is that doesn't necessarily make it feel any less like it happened to me. I guess is what I'm saying. I've never okay, felt that when I'm watching something. Like I don't distinct between oh, because this is not set in what I feel like the real world. It's it's not happening to me no this is happening it's just happening in another i don't want to say alternate reality but like it's almost like you know there's, yeah, there's yeah. some there's some films and stories where it almost feels like they're in a pocket universe you know, we've talked yeah. about this before in sci-fi where they'll have like i think three percent was the one we talked about it last time where 
it feels like there's not a rest of the world. It's just this one city for the purpose yeah. of the story. And it's like, okay, so this is in like a, a pocket universe almost. It kind of feels like that to me more than it does. It didn't happen, I guess. Okay, fair I, it's just, just the way it made me feel. But um... yeah, but yeah uh, so so there you go. That That is, uh, that is Lush River. Uh, and it's funny because we said it didn't quite click. And I guess we should probably try and say why it didn't quite click because we've not really said anything negative. Yeah, I think <laughs> as, as much as thematically, you know, uh, Billy and Bones, their stuff at the end comes together with Demio fighting their you know, yeah. oppressors. Uh, their it even intercuts between them. It does. I just feel like as a, as a narrative, it doesn't come together. They, 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 they cross over here or there, you know, the start, the end, you know, the, the purse. You know, there are, there are touches where they meet, but for the most part, it feels like almost two separate movies, two just completely separate mm. stories happen to have the same style and tone yeah I can, I can see that i actually i think for me uh i could maybe use an extra like 10 minutes or something like that i i, I felt like when it was gearing up for the end and it was i'm gonna go like uh like lift the curse and defeat the demon yeah. when it got to that point i almost felt like i, I need a little bit more build up to this i, I, I think I that's think that, that makes sense because i think one yeah. of the, one of the first things i thought when i finished was that was overstuffed. There was there was too much going on with those with all those characters. I just another like, ten fifteen I guess minutes. You just say, you know, it's, yeah. it's too short, right? It, it's, yeah. yeah. I think another ten fifteen minutes to just let some of the setup breathe uh, in the middle act, the first two acts. But I'm thinking the yeah. middle act more because I, I feel like the introduction's fine, and then it may be I just don't feel like we go through quite enough to the point where I feel like we're ready to have the big climax of, of him mm. going to do something or you know deal with what's going on. Um, but again, it's, it's all, again, it's all very vague. It's all just very like I, I can't quite pinpoint exactly what they should do beyond that. It's all very it's, just kind of it's just not quite coming together. It's as one much of those rare times where it's just a feeling, isn't it? Yeah, uh, I can't quantify it necessarily. It's just it's just not quite there. But it does a lot of things very well, and I'd love to see Gosling do more uh, directorial work. Oh, definitely. Uh, if if he can, you know have a few attempts at this and you know and practice and hone his craft i feel like he could he could be excellent yeah i would still highly recommend it especially if you're in uh, into films of this type i would highly recommend checking it out um yeah. i i think there's enough there where i i'm still very very positive on it and uh it's, it's one of these things where i respect this way more uh, for for trying as much as it does and nailing so much of it and just feeling it's some you know just you know a couple of things where i'm like oh like i respect yeah. this i respect the artistry that went into this um, yeah. and you can almost argue that it's maybe just too on the nose in places like it's just a little bit too um like he wants his metaphor and he wants his, his metaphor and the visual so he, he makes it happen and it's like okay that that could have maybe been a bit more subtle there maybe that could have like yeah. naturally built to that a little bit better um and things like that but um, stuff like the uh, the 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 innuendo with uh you know when bullies talking to there you go yeah that's an example of it being a bit too just uh, it's like yeah okay we get it and it goes on just be a little bit too long with those things to to make its point yeah so so yeah um I guess we'll rate the film I guess we'll rate Lost River out of uh out of ten what would you give it I'll still give it a seven I, I I'd, I'd love to give it more but I, I, I just can't quite I'm actually gonna go higher than that I'm gonna give it an eight. Um, because I think, again, for me, everything that I love about it lifts it up. Like, it, you know, as much as there's some problems, and I, I can't really go any higher than that, I can't, I can't say it's amazing, but I would still say 
like for me it was great because sometimes some, some, something as simple as just keeping me wrapped up in your in your in your mood and your tone for for your duration um solves a lot for me it's not something that tra- you know that, that that crosses over for me in term- into video games into yeah. into comic books if you can keep me in your in your uh, your world your atmosphere and i feel soaked in that i'll forgive a lot because you're really pulling me into a world where i can watch something that will technically be better in almost every other way but if it's a dull drab world where i just feel like there's no there's no mood in the room yeah it'll work less for me you know, I'll, I'll find myself bored much quicker in, in that scenario. Whereas here, I was always engaged. No, no, that's fair. Which is why, you know, if, if, if like I say that, eight is you know, great. Yeah. I think seven for me, it's, it's good. It is, it is really, it is good. Uh, it just, it's, it, it doesn't click enough for me to say it's great. Even though the, the mood and tone individually are absolutely great. Hmm. But hey, that is, uh, that is um, Lost River. So, uh, if you have seen it, let us know what you thought of it in the comments below. You can like and subscribe with that stuff. That does support us, but if you want to support us more than that, you can go to patreon.com slash mailedfuzztv. Uh, there's a bunch of bonuses over there that you can get for being a patron, including getting these episodes a week early at the $1 tier. Uh, there's also handy lists there for all the shows we do, including all the audio feeds. So even if you don't want to be a patron, you can still go over there. There's also some useful uh, links and stuff to get there in a nice, neat, neat package. Uh, but otherwise, that is us. So... Thank you very much for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, guys. And we will see you next time.